0: I love getting front row seats to the stories God is writing through this church. And uh, Erin told me she sat in week one of this series, Stay in the Loop, and she heard about these four kingdom concepts, experience God, find family, discover purpose, and go lead. And she told me those are the four chapters of my story in Austin. And now we get the privilege and the honor of sending her to go and lead outside of these four walls, because this has never just been about building Red Rocks Austin in the first place. Our church always has been, and always will be part of a much bigger story, the Kingdom of Heaven, the Capital C Church. And man, and this is the first week that she is uh, watching from a screen rather than sitting right here in the front row. So can we, as her sending church, uh, pray for her right now? God, we love you so much. I thank you for Aaron. I thank you for her heart and the ways that you've uniquely gifted her and the ways you've strategically placed her, first in Austin and now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I thank you for the impact that she's had in our church and I pray it would be tenfold, a hundredfold in Tulsa what it was here. We pray that you'd open doors for her in the name of Jesus. I pray for friends fast. For Aaron in Jesus name and we lift up Transformation Church to you. I pray they would continue to move forward taking more ground for your kingdom and reaching more and more people with the good news of the gospel and we pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, I've also been praying for you this month that you would receive A stay-in-the-loop revelation. And I hope that's okay. I didn't ask for permission. I've just been praying it. A stay-in-the-loop revelation because how many know there is a difference between revelation and information? Information from a sermon makes you smarter, and that's great. But revelation from heaven makes you more like Jesus and clicks not just here but somewhere deep inside of here and starts to transform you from the inside out. And I feel like that's beginning to happen for a lot of people in this room. And it's important to receive that kind of a revelation because I just got a hunch. There's a lot of us, man, who for years have just kind of been staying on the fringes and dipping our toes into this whole faith thing. But if 2020 taught us anything, it's that life is fragile. And the, the sandcastle kingdoms we spend our lives building for ourselves can crumble at any moment with a phone call. Nations can can crumble at any moment, but there is one kingdom that is not only unshakable but eternal. It's the kingdom of heaven, and it is inviting you today to go all in for this thing because let me tell you, Jesus is not your supplement. He doesn't work that way, and maybe for some of you, you've been treating Jesus as your supplement, and this whole faith, God, church thing hasn't been working. It's because that's not how Jesus comes. He's here to be your savior, the Lord of every part of your life, would you receive a stay-in-the-loop revelation that there's more for you and always will be, that you are made for this, that this is not for the person next to you, this is for you. God is for you. And there's a journey he's inviting you into even beyond your salvation, this side of eternity. Because we just saw Aaron's story is proof that if you give yourself to it, If you work it, it will work. He is our savior, here to be Lord of every part of our lives. Stay in the loop. This has been such a good series and I wanna finish it the right way. So if you have your Bible, go to Acts chapter five for the fourth and final installment. Of stay in the loop. And while you're turning there, I'm just gonna give you a a little bit of context on Acts chapter 5. Acts is a history book about the beginning of the church. The church, this global, unstoppable movement of love and grace that has done nothing but snowball throughout the centuries. So, 2,000 years ago, right after the death and resurrection of Jesus, something happened, man, historically. Like something shifted, something caught, something took in the hearts of the apostles where they realized from this moment on, nothing will ever be the same again. It was a Shania Twain moment. From this moment on, Jesus is back from the dead and we now are living in a new era. And they started preaching the good news of Jesus and telling as many people as they could about the gospel and to quote Katniss Everdeen, fire started catching even in the face of opposition, not just from religious leaders, but the Roman Empire, the most powerful empire in the world at the time. And they tried to snuff out the kingdom of God by crucifying its leader on a cross. And now they're watching in disbelief and shock and a little bit of panic as the legacy of Jesus starts to catch momentum from beyond the grave. And we pick it up in Acts chapter 5, verse 27. Here it is. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem and all its people, all our people, with your teaching. And you are determined to make us guilty of this man, Jesus' blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead. How awkward does this get right here? Whom you killed, by the way, by hanging him on a cross. But God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness of their sins. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So when they heard this, they were were furious and they wanted to put these guys to death. But a Pharisee, but a Pharisee named Gamaliel, he says this, I love this. He's a teacher of the law. He was honored by all of the people. He stood up in the Sanhedrin, ordered that the men be put outside for a little bit. And then he turns around, addresses the Sanhedrin and here's what he says. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Sometime ago, Theodos, just, I dare you, just try to remember that name, Theodos. Sometime ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, trying to build his sandcastle kingdom, rallying guys, about 400 men rallied to him, but he was killed and then all of his followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean, I dare you, try to remember that. Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of revolt, of people in revolt, but he too was killed and all of his followers were scattered as well. Therefore, this is so good. In the present case, I advise you leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But, but, if it is from God, You will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. How good is that? I love Acts chapter five. So for the fourth and final installment of Stay in the Loop, we'll call this message a church in motion. A church in motion. Will you pray with me? God, we love you so much. We just simply ask for a stay in the loop revelation what we need. Would you be glorified in this place? Would your name, Jesus, be made famous? Distractions are shut out. Our hearts are quieted. Speak to us, we're listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Well, like Ryan said, there is a fresh wind and a fresh fire right now happening at this church, and it's awesome, and I can't really explain it, but there's new people showing up. People are hungry. Maybe that's just because last year was the worst year ever, so people are hungry for something bigger than themselves, right? Life change is happening in this room. God has just been so, 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 so good to us. I keep hearing people drop the word momentum. There is momentum, and I hear that and go yeah okay great it sure feels like it but how do you explain church momentum for real how do you explain it like is it the church merch it might be it might be though is it the uh is it the snacks in the grow area right behind that curtain am I making you curious go to grow sign up and do grow is it the fact that we have the uh Best-looking parking team this side of the Mississippi. It might be that, man. Or the fact that there's, there's mints in the lobby. You guys, Four Seasons Hotel doesn't even have mints in their lobby. Come on. Is it, uh, is it Ethan's hair? No, how many know it is not Ethan's <laughs> hair? Or the fact he might call you up on stage your very first time at church. It's not that either. Is it, is it single Emily? What? What? Oh, did I just say that? I keep hearing people also say, there's a lot of cute girls who go to Red Rocks Austin, and I go, okay, great, whatever works. I, I like that, 12 years ago, that's why I first started going to church, was because there were cute girls. So come on, keep coming to church. Show up for the girls. Eventually, you're going to leave here with the gospel. Somebody put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Tweet that. Put that on Facebook. Come for the girls, leave with the gospel, and in the meantime, just don't be creepy and we won't have a problem, right? (laughs) How do you explain momentum? How do you explain it? I'll actually tell you how you explain momentum. It's about to get real, real nerdy right now. This is the scientific equation of momentum. Bam, there it is. P equals m v. P stands for momentum, not sure whose idea that was, right? Thought these guys were smart. P equals MV, momentum equals mass times velocity. You're gonna find out really, really fast. I'm a science guy, I'm a nerd, I'm a science nerd. Say something, say something. I've got a biochem degree that literally has never been used once since graduating college, okay? Give me this right now. Let me have this. I need this. I love science. Even last night, I was reading this fascinating book about helium and anti-gravity. Couldn't put it down. No, no pity applause. You guys don't want it. P equals MV. Momentum equals mass times velocity. What is velocity? Speed in a specific direction, okay? So 60 miles an hour is not a velocity. That's a speed. 60 miles an hour northbound on I-35, that is a velocity. So momentum equals mass times a motion in a specific direction. Are you following me? Okay, good. So three things go into making up momentum. Mass, motion in a specific direction. Increase either the mass or the speed and you will increase momentum. So this hammer right here has a very, very small mass. And if I swing it with a very, very small motion, even something as fragile as this TV is completely fine. Why? Because there's very little momentum. But if I increase the mass, and increase the motion, and increase momentum in doing so, I'm kidding, I'm not actually gonna do it. I'm seeing some shock in some of your eyeballs right now. Or maybe that's just the scientific concept of momentum clicking in your fantastical brain for the very first time. It is a beautiful thing. I thought at the first service, what if I actually did that? like Sony is our sponsors. We get new TVs all the time. If you're new here, you're going home with a brand new 65 inch 4K TV. Not really, but that would build momentum. It would. This tire right here, this is Will, my son. This this came off of his remote control monster truck. I did it last night. So he's probably playing with that. Right now, figuring out it only has three wheels, but this has a very little mass. And even if I give it, you know, a little bit of motion, if that were to hit anything, there'd be very little, actually, there'd be no damage because there's very, very little momentum. Any questions? Good. Okay, now let's take that concept and let's make it spiritual, right? Pastor, this is not AP physics. I'm as mad as you, I know. I'm as mad as you, but we had to do it but God created physics, okay? But now let's take it and let's do some kingdom math. Here we go. Kingdom momentum is a church in motion with a specific vision. A church in motion in the direction of a specific vision. So increased mass increases momentum. What is mass? Mass is people. The church is not a place. The church is a people. We are a people who are about reaching people. And unapologetically, we want to grow as a church. The moment you want your church to stay the same because you like it that way is the moment you've somehow made the church of Jesus Christ about you and not the 5.6 billion people who still don't know the real Jesus yet. No, we want to grow. But we actually don't want to grow overnight. We are committed to growing over time at a pace where we can care for and pastor and disciple and mobilize the people who call this place home. Because how many know you can be a really big church with a really large mass of people and yet have zero motion? And if you know anything about math, if this number is zero, this number is also zero. And to see where that inevitably leads, go visit what used to be once thriving churches in Western Europe that are now architectural tourist attractions. See, that's why we don't just want to be a a mass of churchgoers. No, we want to be a movement of Jesus' followers, a people in motion in the direction of Jesus. People, people, people. So how do you increase momentum? Well, first and foremost, more people. This is about people. That's why the final thing Jesus said before he floated into heaven was the great commission. My sons and daughters are out there. Your family that's out there, go find them. This is the only organization that exists for the people who aren't here yet. People, go get people, prodigals coming home. That's why Peter and John and the apostles were so passionate and determined to share the gospel and share Jesus with as many people as they could because they understood this. They heard Jesus straight from his mouth say the great commission, Matthew chapter 28. Here it is. Then Jesus came to them and said, and really quick, this is already crazy because he was dead a few days ago. And now he's coming to them and saying something. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what's that word? Go, by the way, that's where we get the go in go lead. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I've had guys tell me, um, man, I just hope Jesus waits to come back till I can get married and have sex just one time, just one time, Jesus. And I get that, that's real life. But it's not why Jesus is waiting to come back. He's not waiting to come back so you can get married or start a family, important stuff, go on vacation because you've been saving for it. There is one reason and one reason alone God is patiently waiting to come back because he wants his house full of as many of his children as possible. He wants his house full. And let you, I hope this makes you feel just a little lighter right now. You are not an agent of salvation. Salvation, saving your friends, is Jesus's job. But let me invite you and challenge you into your calling. You are an agent of invitation to invite your friends to the one who can save them, right? That's why a a bored Christian should be an oxymoron. Like, man, even on your mundane Monday morning, eternity hangs in the balance, man. Agents of invitation. What creates kingdom momentum? People, prodigals coming home. We're trying to build a front porch like the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, to welcome prodigals home. May Red Rocks Austin be a lighthouse to a dark city, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, shining brighter and brighter and brighter to guide more and more of our family out there home to meet Jesus, right? May our doors unapologetically always swing as wide as possible to make it as easy as possible for as many people as possible to show up and experience what God thinks about them. People, 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 people. The mass, the church is people. Increase the mass, increase the momentum. I was thinking about that. If only there was like a larger tire that... I could wheel out on stage and show you guys because I, I I'm a, a visual aid guy and if you could see a larger tire with more mass, it would just imprint on your brain and never go in. Oh, guys. Oh, guys, we didn't plan this. We didn't plan this. Don't. I? Was that just backstage? Ryan and Kevin, everybody, please give it up. Guys, thank you. It's even got the, uh, the stay in the loop graphic that Johnny Shinnick designed with the right colors and the right orders. That's incredible. Look at God. So cool. I'm a dad uh, of two kids, so I just, as dad jokes is my thing. So if that's not your thing, I'm sorry. Um, but we just we talked about mass. We just talked about mass. Mass, increased mass increases momentum. So let's talk about motion. This series, Staying in the Loop, If you've missed any of it, this is such a perfect time to be new, by the way. Go back on YouTube and watch the previous three weeks of this series because it is so uh, foundational to our DNA as a church. If you want to know who we are, cut us open. What are we all about? Go watch those sermons. But this concept of staying in the loop is essentially getting caught in going through the good motions. The phrase, uh, Stuck in the motions gets a bad reputation, but if you got caught in a loop of the good motions this year, every resolution you have would come to pass because the key to change is more of the same. It is your routines, church, not your resolutions that determine your results stuck in a loop, stay in a loop, experiencing God, finding family, discovering purpose, and going and leading. These are good motions. And in the direction of a very clear vision to make heaven more crowded and earth more whole, a church in motion with a vision equals kingdom momentum. So what creates the motion? Well, people experiencing God and finding family, and discovering purpose, and going and leading. Our, our, our Sunday services, our prayer mornings, our prayer evenings, groups, group launch next week, finding family, discovering purpose, going through grow, and finding out how God made you, that you were made on purpose, and for a purpose, and then going and leading, like you saw Aaron do, not not just within these four walls, but out at, like in your sphere that God has placed you in, outside of these four walls as well, going and being the church. This is called motion and doing it with the four pillars that we have built our church on. Authenticity, humility, unity, generosity, because humility is what it takes to experience a God who is bigger than you and knows better than you when it comes to you. And unity is what it takes to find family and be in community. And authenticity is what it takes to find out how God actually made you and then having the generosity to go and lead and give your time, your talents, and treasures to start living a life that actually looks like what you believe, staying in the loop. This is our church's system and it's designed to create motion. Create motion. More motion, more momentum. Uh, Desperation also Creates motion. If you're, I'm not sure who I'm talking to. <clears throat> if you're in a season of desperation, your desperation comes right before breakthrough. There is a beautiful side to the pain of your desperation. Let it drive you to your knees in front of Jesus, man. I'll explain it this way. If I, if I told you, hey, come up with $100,000 this week, there's a good chance you probably couldn't or wouldn't do that. But if God forbid you had a a five-year-old who needed heart surgery this week and you had no medical insurance, you would, make no mistake, you would come up with $100,000 this week. This is how moms have lifted cars off of their kids. You'd be amazed at what you can do when you have to. When you're a church plant, desperation is, is the name of the game, man. You can't manufacture success. You can't just do the thing. You are desperate for God to show up or else nothing's happening, right? And that's such a beautiful season. And it's been my sincere prayer that like whatever story God decides to continue to write through Red Rocks Austin, wherever we go from here, may we never, ever, ever lose our desperation and our God dependency that we don't stand a chance, God, if you're not showing up. If this thing is from human origin, It's not happening. But if God is behind it, man, we don't wanna manufacture a wave in a wave park when we have a God who can make a a tsunami by snapping his fingers. Jesus, we're desperate for you. May we never lose desperation. Why? It creates motion in your life and in our church. Embracing risk creates motion. Embracing risk is making decisions or doing things like leaps of faith where you put yourself in a place where you do not stand a chance if God doesn't show up and take over and do something. And I know that sounds simple, but it's such a common story for churches and, and companies to risk it all in the beginning because they got no choice. But then as soon as some success and stability comes your way, you start playing it safe. And this is just human nature, For companies and individuals, you start a family and all of a sudden you got something to lose and you switch from playing offense to playing defense. And that is the moment you start getting old. Old is not an age, it is a spirit thing. You can be 25 and get old. You can also be 90 and still young. Churches start to die the moment they begin to play it safe. Why? because embracing risk creates forward motion. Generosity creates forward motion. I have Reliant K forward motion stuck in my head right now, sorry. Generosity creates forward motion. We've got a lot of dreams around here. We call them our kingdom builder initiatives, okay? We've got a lot of dreams and, and here's just a few of them. Starting a God Behind Bars campus in a local prison. So we can pipe everything we do in here into the gymnasium of a prison nearby. Um, Let's see, funding the construction of some compassion international centers in Rwanda and Burundi. I was about to say just a a compassion center, but I'm like, hey, multiple compassion sites eventually. And then getting our church to rally and sponsor 250 little kids per site once a month so that they can be fed and be educated. It's one of our dreams, our kingdom builder initiatives. Here's some more of them. Creating excellent media and film to infiltrate the darkness that is our media, right? One day, paying some of the bills for future Austin church plants, man. We want to do that so bad one day soon. Um. Let's see, here's some more. Uh, Resourcing some local organizations that are incredible organizations. We're already doing this, but just more and more resources. That's why masses of people equals more generosity, equals more good noise in a world that is full of bad noise right now. We can do more and more damage resourcing these organizations to, to fight sex trafficking in our own backyard and engage in racial reconciliation in our city and reaching the unreached people groups in the 1040 window on the other side of the planet, people who have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ. These are are good dreams that create forward motion in the direction of our very specific vision of making heaven more crowded and earth more whole. And we do all of that church at the speed of our generosity. Generosity creates motion. So Ryan, Kev, would you guys come back up here? It's time to give this mass some motion. My lab assistants right here. Kingdom momentum equals a church in motion towards a specific vision. So here's what we're gonna do, you guys. These are the gates of hell. (laughs) This is the under exaggeration of the century right here. I just want this to be therapy for your soul. I want you to see what happens. What did Jesus say would happen in the the big duel, the match-off between his church and the gates of hell? Like you understand, God and Satan are not punching it out right now, wondering who's gonna win this thing, right? Here we go, the gates of hell. Jesus said, I will build my church, and come on, let's go guys, and not even the gates of hell. Oh, oh, that is therapeutic for my soul. Very good. Oh, sorry, Satan, but objects in motion stay in motion. That's how much sin and death and the devil himself slow down what God has set into motion. Here's COVID. It's not actually, it's a model. I, I have to make sure everybody understands that. This is not actually. And... The church doesn't crush a virus, obviously. like it, We're still living in a pandemic. I just want you to see ultimately in the long run how much a pandemic is gonna slow down what God has set into motion. Let this fill your soul right now. Boom, it's nothing, it's nothing. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that, Ryan. Get that out of here, man. Get it out of here. Guys, give it up for Ryan and Kev and the tire we just found backstage. That's so, oh, that's amazing. When we live this out, and I I love ridiculous sermon illustrations because you'll never forget them. A mass, a church in motion in a specific direction, being pushed by the way by God. If God is for it, who can be against this? And when we really live out this movement, we are a church of people who are who are committed to loving our neighbors as ourselves, even if that means closing the doors to our church for a year. Big deal. And I mean that, man, big freaking deal. You think closed doors on a building is gonna slow down the church of Jesus Christ? Not a chance. God is pushing this thing, man. This is a movement of people, Christians who are willing to lay down their rights and play to lose so our neighbors who need to win can win. And then we get to stand back and watch as that that tire, this church in motion, paradoxically gains more momentum as God takes what the world and the devil meant for evil and turns it around for good. That's what we're seeing right now, and I believe that's what we will continue to see, is an authentic move of God, like a wave in the ocean, not manufactured and not of human origin that cannot be stopped. This is a movement of fighting injustice. This is a movement of... taking. And whatever privilege God has given any of us and laying it down for the sake who for the sake of those who don't have it. this is a movement of speaking hope into the hopeless and going and, and gathering right? Getting our family like a, like, a, though I wish I had a snowball instead of a tire because this thing rolls and collects and collects mass, collects sons and daughters of the King of everything who need to know this name, Jesus Christ, man. This thing cannot be stopped. We are mimicking Jesus in this, a movement of Jesus mimickers who, by the way, laid down all of his rights for the sake of those who needed him to. Because let me remind you, he did not come to trample on the Roman Empire he came to trample on the kingdom of hell to stomp out and crush out sin and not a single sinner and in doing so make the devil his footstool a church in motion with a specific vision of making heaven more crowded and earth more whole when God when Jesus is the origin because you understand God's the one pushing this thing and even, I was going to bring up persecution as, as one of those speed bumps, but in reality, persecution kind of comes along and helps God push it. Persecution fuels the church. I've heard it said, Christianity is like a nail. The hard, harder you strike it, the deeper you drive it. And so if you hate the church of Jesus Christ and want to stop it, here's just some advice. Whatever you do, do not persecute it. Because you will only make your problem worse. Your best odds is just to to stand back and do nothing. Why? Because God set something into motion. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. I I looked at the, the kingdom of hell. Ryan kicked it all the way over there. And seriously, when it comes to the unfathomable God who cannot be exaggerated, this all-powerful, omnipresent, magnificent, glorious, all-powerful God, it is impossible to make the enemy small enough in your life. I want you to hear that. Think of everything that keeps you up at night, everything you're afraid of right now, whether it's the unknown, whether it's a pandemic or, or losing loved ones or heartbreak or, or spiders or death itself, the enemy it's like himself. I'm telling you one day, I imagine this all the time. One day I'm going to be seeing my King, Jesus Christ face to face, not baby in a feeding trough, Jesus, and not pale, frail, religious Jesus, but King of Kings, and Lord of Lords, Jesus. And in that moment, I imagine King Jesus holding up, when I'm looking at him, holding in his right hand, everything I ever feared this side of eternity. And it's gonna look like this exposed, pitiful creature that no longer has any smoke or mirrors or Wizard of Oz effects. And I'm gonna stand there and see my king holding everything I ever was afraid of. And I'm gonna think that is what I was so afraid of my whole life. That is what robbed so many hours of peaceful sleep. That is what made so many decisions for me. That is what kept me from so much of what Jesus had. Like I feared the wrong thing because fear is real. You just need to make sure you assign it to the right thing. Do not fear death, fear the one who has conquered death. Revere him because when you fear God, you can fear not everything else. I am pleading with you. Do not let fear determine whether or not you fully give yourself to this life that God has for you. Don't let fear keep you on the fringes, dipping your toe in this whole faith thing because last week we learned your very existence is a miracle, guys. It's no mistake that you're here. You are God's masterpiece, the pinnacle of his entire creation. If you think the starry night sky or a sunset over the ocean is amazing or awe-inspiring, it pales in comparison to what God thinks when he looks at you. You are his masterpiece, uniquely gifted, strategically placed, and you have a mighty and perfect God who, by the way, made no mistakes when he made you. And you have an enemy who is absolutely terrified of you. You figuring that out and we show up here because this is just a collection of human miracles man that's what we have in this room right now a collection of different generations and skin colors and personalities and and giftings and we are a beautiful mosaic we are a workmanship of sons and daughters who are far more called and far more loved than we probably would ever dare to imagine is, tr- is true. And the more we start to believe it and actually live like it, the more we increase this mass of this church and increase our motion in a specific direction towards Jesus, and the more and more unstoppable this whole thing becomes. All we're trying to do is build something God can push. That's what this is, let us build something that God can push and enjoy His grace. And watch hell get snuffed out. Watch everything the enemy meant for evil turn around for the good of those who love Him. Gathering as many people as we can to experience God, find family, discover purpose, and go lead and make a difference, making heaven more crowded and earth more whole. This is a movement. This is a this is a wake. This is an impact that is supernaturally gaining ground year after year as history moves along. So if you think about like when a boat passes, it leaves a wake, and then that wake as time goes by starts to fade and disappear. Now imagine a boat and it leaves a wake. Except as time goes by, the wake starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. There's one word for that, and it's supernatural. Something happened 2,000 years ago, you guys. Something shifted, it's the reason the apostles were so bold to talk about Jesus. The moment Jesus came back from the dead, his impact, the weight gets larger and larger, gaining ground, gaining people. It is the only eternal kingdom that there is. Every other kingdom that there is will eventually fade and fail, but not his, he will not. Do you remember the two men that we talked about at the beginning? I told you to try, I dared you to try to remember their names. Theotis, I looked everywhere for Theotis on the internet this week. On the internet, he's not there. In fact, a lot of theologians say, Theotis was a common name. We actually don't even know which Theotis it was. That Theotis who tried to build his own kingdom and gain a following, tried to preserve his legacy and build something, well, Judas the Galilean, doesn't have a a Wikipedia page, so I don't know. Do you remember the rich young ruler, that story where the rich young ruler came to Jesus and it was the guy who spent his entire life working so hard to build his kingdom and it was actually pretty impressive. He was called the rich young ruler but then that day came where he walked away from Jesus sad. You remember the rich young ruler? Do you remember his name? Me neither. It's not there, nobody knows it. Oh, but he was rich though, so. When Jesus was born poor in a cave as a fugitive in Palestine 2000 years ago, Caesar was emperor of Rome and Herod the Great was king of Judea. Both of these guys were malicious tyrants who did everything they could to preserve their legacies to make sure that thing was permanent. Caesar would murder people. He ruled with an iron fit. Like he he wanted to make sure I go down in history in my kingdom, the most powerful empire in the known world lasts forever. Well, fast forward to today, Caesar is now a pizza place or your salad. And this once upon a time, amazing kingdom is now a tourist attraction for the followers of Jesus. And King Herod, who tried to have Jesus killed as a baby, who was the same, like the same kind of tyrant, obsessed with his legacy, killed all of his sons to future-proof his impact. But you know nothing about King Herod except the two facts I just told you. And Jesus, this poor baby, born in a cave. His impact is absolutely everywhere today. Whether you like the guy or not, he's everywhere you look. The torture device Jesus was crucified on is now the most recognizable symbol in the world and the most popular jewelry pendant and tattoo. You can't look at a calendar without being reminded of who Jesus is. The Gregorian calendar is based on his life, which means every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every religion is telling time right now based on a baby fugitive born in a cave in Palestine 2,000 years ago. He has influenced from beyond the grave modern day art, government, science, medicine, and education. And while influence usually follows human beings from our lives and into our deaths, and then slowly begin to fade like the awake behind a boat. The the influence of Jesus followed him from his death and walked out of him out of the out with him, out of the tomb that he borrowed, and has now become a global blazing wildfire that cannot be stopped. On the other side of the world, in communist China, where it's illegal to be a Christian and gather like we're doing right now, the church is a hundred million strong and growing. In the Middle East of all places, it's growing like a wildfire and will not be stopped. In Africa, thirty years ago, 1990, thirty-one years ago, on the continent of Africa, there were eight. million Christians in Africa. Fast forward 31 years. Today it's projected, catch this, 390 million. And four years from now, by 2025, it's projected there will be 600 million Christians, 0.6 billion Christians on the continent of Africa. And by the way, that's in the face of persecution. And when I, like that that word gets thrown around a lot, but I mean, like I mean persecution. I mean watching family members be murdered because you refuse to renounce that Jesus Christ is your savior. Like I said, that persecution just joins God in pushing this tire, this motion called the church, faster and faster, making it more and more unstoppable. Guys, this is Jesus's legacy and you have to hear me, good teachers and good guys from back in the day, do not leave wakes like this, man. Demons do not shudder at the names of dictators and tyrants. Evil does not bow to the rich or the famous. These are the things reserved for the king of kings alone and now he's sitting on his throne and he's not going anywhere until one day he decides to split the sky in half and come back for all of us but that time not as a baby born as a fugitive poor in a feeding feeding trough but as the king of kings and the lord of lords with fire in his eyes a sword in his mouth and a tattoo on his thigh and on that day the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and I'm reading that thinking well then why don't we just do that today? Why don't we just gather like we do week in and week out on this planet right now and sing together as a family hallelujah here below to the King of kings and the Lord of lords the name above all name who was there in the beginning and will be there at the end and makes up everything in between the God who is consistent when you're not the God whose grace is stronger and more powerful than your deepest and darkest sins the God who is pushing this church because if he is for this nothing can stand against it and so right now would you guys stand because we're about to worship because worship like prayer is one of those things that creates forward motion Every word of praise that comes out of our mouth is like a drop of of rain that evaporates up into the clouds. Just like every prayer that you've prayed, a drop of rain evaporating and forming a cloud above us. And just like in meteorology, once that cloud gets heavy enough, something breaks and rain starts to fall and heals our land. And the same thing is true in the spiritual realm. The more praise, I feel like God's going, if I can just get enough drops of praise and enough drops of prayer eventually something's going to get heavy enough and give and break and when that does Man will not need to manufacture a thing because a move of God of tsunami proportions is going to sweep across our land in ways that we would not believe even if we were told. And so Jesus, we love you so much. I pray right now, Jesus, I pray that these words would be sweet, sweet sounds to your ears. I pray that this church would never stop getting hungry for more of you. May we never lose our desperation for more of you. May we never stop taking risks. May we never stop putting our treasure where our faith is. Teach us to to live more and more until we start to look like what we say we believe. God, help us to build something that you can push. Help us to get out of the way and let you push it. Help us to enjoy your grace in the process and give our hearts a newfound passion for our family that's out there that's waiting to be found as we sing these songs. Jesus, we love you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and this is for you, and we pray all of this in the wonderful, beautiful, powerful name of Jesus Christ, and everybody at Red Rocks Church said, amen. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise for the name above all names.